arbeiten. You're listening to the Sovereign Soundcloud. This was first broadcast on 2XXFM in Canberra on 98.3. G'day folks, Troy Casadaly here. You're listening to Sovereign on 2XXFM. Don't move that dial. Thank you for joining us, Troy Casadaly. This is... Thanks for having me. <laughs> this is a bit exciting for me. Uh, my family, my dad is like a huge fan of you. Oh, well, I appreciate that, right? <laughs> uh, I've actually been listening to you for like 10 years and I didn't realise it was you. Because you know how, like, when you're a kid, you don't really listen to things, but you still are listening to things? Well, my kids are going through the same thing. Um, They make out they don't listen to country music, but when a George Jones or Merle Haggard song comes on my iPod, they all go, oh, I love this song. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's been you and the Dixie Chicks for the past, like, ten years. (laughs) Well, look, the Dixie Chicks, that's a good part of your diet right there. Um, I I remember meeting them when we did some uh, supports for them many, many years ago on their first tour. Oh, what a great adventure that was. <laughs> that sounds like it would be an interesting story. Oh, yeah. Look, um, yeah, there was a fair bit of drinking involved because um, I had a really wild band with me at the time, but, but they were fantastic girls to us. And, and Natalie Maines in particular was a, a mind-blowing singer to watch. That is actually really cool to know because I'm a big fan of them as well. Yeah, no, you got good taste. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, so we're, we've invited you onto the show to talk to you about uh, congratulations. First of all, you've won uh, five golden guitars this past weekend. Yeah, I, I, I'm still reeling from it. I still feel a little bit guilty. I always feel guilty for my friends who I barrack for as well, um, who probably deserve them just as much as me, you know, but it was a huge honour. And, um, and to get five, I was hoping for two. I was hoping for, for one for a single and maybe one with Paul Kelly because he's my favourite songwriter in the world. But um, to get five was very humbling for me, I've got to say. Okay, just uh, bear with me while I list your many triumphs of this week for our <laughs> listeners. I guess you'll just have to suffer through us praising you. You took Sorry. out Album of the Year for Freedom Ride. You took out Male Artist of the Year, Heritage Song of the Year, APRA Song of the Year and Single of the Year. Well done. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. I, I still look at the awards that are sitting on my table at home there, at the kitchen table. They haven't left the kitchen table because um, I still can't believe it happened. But when I woke up the next morning, I said to my wife, was that just some beautiful dream, you know, that happened last night? Or did we end up around the piano with, with Lee and, and Catherine and all these other great artists? And, and we all had some celebrate, celebratory drinks. And we ended up in this big music jam um, that happened at the powerhouse after the show. So... It was so wonderful to share that moment. I mean, it was, it was exhilarating enough to get some golden guitars, but to sit down with our friends playing while there's about 30 people singing around you um, was pretty amazing for me, and it felt like the Tamworth survival, you know? Yeah. Well, you've been at, at Tamworth for 35 consecutive years. That, that's a long stretch. Yeah, you started going when you were 11? I started going when I was 11. Um, the, the guitar case was open, and I was hoping to to open my account as a busker. And it was very, very nerve-wracking, I have to say. I, I wasn't very confident at all. The one thing I must say is that the town was just really accepting of anyone that came along and, and wanted to have a go. And, and that was the, the old humble beginning for me, I guess. But I'll never forget those days. Um, I keep going back and recreating them at times. I go out of people's gigs who are good friends of mine still and jump up and play because that's the spirit of Tamworth for me. That's lovely. I would love to go some year, but, like, I'm really poor most of the time. Well, I think, you know, you, once you get yourself enough money to get out there, it, it, you, you realise that you can stay in many and varied forms of accommodation, whether you want to camp or whether you want a nice motel or whatever. I started at camping at a caravan park 
and um, it was it was still just as good as anything because no matter where you stay, you'll find there are people with a guitar that just want to sit around and have a jam, and and that to me is what drew me to Tamworth in the first place. I think. How's it changed in in, in over the thirty five years that you've gone? The changes, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, it has changed a lot. I mean, look, in the old days, there wasn't as much amplification down the main street. It was all very acoustic, and you you know, you know, get a lot more kids that would just stand around and play, whereas these days it's, um, it's a bit of a volume uh, fest down the street. You know, you get a lot of people with big PAs and things like that that they play with, but the spirit has gotten stronger. I think the, um, the town has embraced it more, and um, they don't go off on holidays anymore as much as they used to, which I think is great. Um, so you've won five golden guitars. How many are you up to? Uh, 32, right? I that's, told you um, it was 32. Yeah, that's, that's, that's ridiculous. I, I never thought I'd get to, to more than one. When I was a kid and sitting in the audience at the awards and I was very small, I used to think to myself, I wonder what it'd be like to win one of those things, you know, because I've only just started and um, you know, we're only busking and stuff like that. But it, it really is surreal to, to have 32. It makes me feel like an elder statesman. I don't mind feeling older. I'm only 46 so far, so hopefully there's a few more years left in me yet. Well, you've only got five more to catch up to Slim Dusty's 37. Yeah, good luck next okay, year. Right. Now, look, um, I, I, I saw all the Slims um, down there at his beautiful place at Kempsey where they've got the Slim Dusty Centre, and um, I don't think I want to beat that award. I might declare like Mark Taylor did when he got the Sir Donald Bradman to, uh, figures as well. Who knows what happens? <laughs> <laughs> um, so two of your songs have been shortlisted for the APRA Song of the Year Award this year. Congratulations on that one as well. Yeah, thanks for that. Um, it, it, it keeps getting It's like the gift that keeps giving this, this song, Freedom Ride. Um, it's a good song, though. Oh, thank you. To write something with Paul um, is something that's special in itself. I've written many, many songs with Paul over the years on, on quite a few of my records, but this one in particular has a real education message that I learned about when I was a kid with the Freedom Ride that happened in 65. And to get Paul as a storyteller to be a part of that um, really made me feel very, very honoured um, because that song now is is a part of um, a younger generation's uh, education as well. A lot of people hear that song, they go online and start reading about what happened on the actual Freedom Ride, and that to me says that I've achieved what I set out to do with the song. I want to I help be an educator as much as I want to be an entertainer too, right, you know? Yeah, that's where a lot of power comes from, from a lot of older artists. Absolutely. And it's funny you say that, Tro, because I work in a high school with uh, some Indigenous kids, and uh, we were talking about the Freedom Rides, and I put on the interview that I did with you around when you were doing the tour, and uh, they were blown away that like, I got to talk to you. Oh, that's great. Uh, Dylan, you're going to have to speak near that microphone so I can hear you properly, brother. But, but I, I, I just noticed you just said you work with Indigenous kids. Um, I never had a chance at my school to, um, to learn a lot about Indigenous uh, politics and stuff. Obviously, growing up as an Indigenous kid, I learned a lot about... Um, our culture and, and the feeling of what, what it's like to be Indigenous because that was our family's whole life, you know. But then the political side of it with the Charlie Perkins thing or, you know, being the first um, Aboriginal bloke to to get through uni and, and, you know, graduate and stuff like that was a big deal in our family. It really was. And to be able to share his story in the song is quite a powerful thing. It is quite. Like, I'm a little bit moved hearing you talk about it. Well, we did a reenactment early this year, eh? and, and we took Paul on the road with us. We went to some of the original towns that oh, wow. um, the Freedom Ride visited, and every day they had a forum of uh, what people's lives were like pre and post 
the freedom ride. And some of the stories were so sad that people told about uh, segregation stories, all this. It was just a very moving time. And Paul and I were, were fortunate enough to be on that, that, that run and have a listen to some of these stories. Some of the young students that came out who gave up their holidays at Sydney University, some of the young students needed a bit of debriefing when they got back home to Sydney because I don't think they, ex- they sort of expected what they would hear out there. And they came back carrying quite an emotional burden with them as well, because they realise how, how fortunate they are to live in this day and age, you know? Yeah. So you took that, that on the road and you also had a great tour for the Freedom Ride. How did that tour go, Troy? Oh, Dylan, the, the tour was phenomenal. And I have to say thank you to everyone through Victoria and through New South Wales and over in WA and uh, down, down, down through the north coast of New South Wales, where I'm from. Uh, they all came out in droves to support this tour. And we had uh, Peter Dennehy with us as well from Yak and Danda. Um, he, he just did such a great opening as well. So the tour was a huge success. And um, I look back on it now with, with the fondest of memories, even though it was hard work when I was in the middle of it. Um, I'm going to think about that tour for a long, long time to come. Oh, that's fantastic because you've had uh, that tour and, uh, and the Tamworth uh, Country Music Awards and you're back home now. And I was uh, stalking you on your Instagram and you caught a couple of big fish over the, over the weekend. <laughs> Well, there were some post shots there, mate. One of them was the bass I caught, but the rest of them are old shots, thankfully. I just said to everyone on Instagram, I just think I need to fish more this year. And, um, and everyone agreed. <laughs> I just think it's good for the brain. Um, when, you're, when you're getting to my age, you need to debrief every now and then. And if, if I'm not with family, um, I'm, I'm with family in a, in a kayak somewhere trying to catch a fish. And, and I just need to debrief. And that's the only way I can let steam off, I think, is just try and catch and release a few fish, you know? That sounds like an excellent uh, New Year's resolution to care well, I don't less. smoke, Ray, and I might as well something good for my health. <laughs> so, uh, so after you've debriefed and you had a bit of a breather, what what does uh, twenty sixteen look like for you, except for uh, more fishing? Well, Dylan, I'm writing a book at the moment, and oh, are you? to be able to to get my head around that is is, is a different. Uh, headspace. I've got to stop being a songwriter and a singer and stuff uh, for a while and a guitar player and be a, a book writer. So my memory banks are going to be tested because as you get older, there's certain uh, areas that you forget about that I have to go through and do some research on. Um, I really want to finish the book and have it out by September, August, September, somewhere around there. Uh, I hope my kids don't read it because there's some stuff in there I really hope they don't get up to, but I have to be truthful and, and tell the truth because I know what it's like to be 17. My son keeps forgetting that I was 17 once too, but I was doing a lot more different things than he's doing at 17, but um, I, would, I would just really like to make sure that the, it's, it's a truthful book and not sugar-coated and has um, a lot of the real adventure in it that I did undertake as a young musician. And, um, you know, there were lots of things I did uh, work-wise too that I wouldn't didn't really want to do, but to pay the bills, you've got to get out there and work. So there's that side of the, all those things and the people that I met on those adventures as well that I want to put into the um, into the book and lots of photos to go through, um, lots of miles to talk about and um, there's some, some interesting things. I, I, I hope it'll be an interesting read for people when they get a chance to get their eyes on it. Well, you are one hell of a storyteller, so we can't wait till that comes out. Yeah, is it, <laughs> it's a, like an autobiography memoir kind of thing? Yeah, it's just a memoir, really. Um, and I had a friend of mine uh, give me a hand with it over the last uh, 18 months. And most of it's written, but just needs a quick re-edit now to make sure I'm really happy because you only get one chance at this day as well. Yeah. I want to make sure I don't just throw it out there and, um, and you know, have it, have it so that it's not factually true. 
I really want to make sure that the parts of, you know, when I met my wife, um, when I was on the road, my first gigs, I want them to be as, as factual as I can and make it an interesting read for everybody. And, and I hope they feel like they're on the road with me when they read this book because I felt like that when I was reading the Paul Kelly book and mm-hmm. I felt like that when I was reading the, uh, the Keith Richards book, I read some other people's books to see what they were talking about and I know the Keith Richards ones was very truthful um, and I'm really hoping that I can make it as truthful as that. I think I might have to buy that for my dad for Christmas or his birthday. <laughs> I think he'd be really pleased with it too. He probably might think less of me once he reads what I was like <laughs> as a young bloke, but anyway. No, I think he could swap stories pretty effectively. <laughs> <laughs> we had some interesting times, but, but those times I hope are going to be captured properly in the book as well. You're too young to write a memoir, aren't you? Isn't that something that, that old fellas normally do? Well, you know when you finish writing, um, you're, you're signing your signature and you don't pull a full stop, but you put a few little full stops to mean there might be more coming, you know? So <laughs> I mean, this, this could be the first instalment. But, but I, I just really enjoyed um, the, the process of writing all the stories down. I was into it because um, I look after my voice more these days and not go out late after shows. Um, I had a lot of chance to sit down with an iPad and actually write a, a lot of the memoirs as I was sitting in the back of a car on the, on the road doing the tour. So it was time well spent. So those stories hopefully will, will ring true once they make it onto the paper. And I just don't want to make it too sweet because I didn't really have a sweet childhood. It was a childhood between my mum's and my dad's place. Mm-hmm. So there was a lot of emotional push and pull, but people can get to read about that. And, and obviously they'll relate to it a lot more these days because divorce rates are a lot higher than they were when I was a kid in the late 70s, you know? Yeah, 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 we know. Yeah. You know, it happens to a lot of our friends now and, and people just throw their arms in the air very early in the piece these days. But but I, I really want to make sure that, um you know, I, I describe the feelings that I was going through and, and being the only kid in my family to get on a plane or train and go and visit my dad in Sydney from the country was a, quite a weird time for me because I felt a bit odd. Like there wasn't any other kids doing that. So I think to be able to explain it might make a few more people feel quite normal these days when they read it. That's a... Uh actually real worth worthwhile aim for a book yeah yeah i mean it's, it's got to be truthful though i just um i just said to my wife i'm not going to make, make this sound like some wonderful disney story because my life is anything but that well you're going good at the moment which is, i think is all that we could ask of anything <laughs> oh we're at the disney end now don't you worry <laughs> and um and I feel that all the, all the work we've done over all the, the years we've been on the road have, have been so worth it. But I've done a lot of jobs and gigs too that I could quite possibly want to do or give it a miss when there are people in the front row singing out, play something good. Um, and you, you, you play something and they say, we still want you to play something good. <laughs> <laughs> They're the gigs that really make you hard and humble. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, you, you definitely have a long... Uh, History? Uh, a long song list. Oh, yeah. Um, when you are, are playing the, these gigs, do you get a lot of people wanting to play the old classics? Oh, look, you do, Dylan. Um, I think you, you try and make a set list, a really good coverage of your career, and it gets harder and harder with the more albums you've got out. You know, I've got about 12 or 13 forms of records out there with the live DVDs and all sorts of stuff. But there are certain songs that you play um, that you probably wouldn't get out of town alive if you didn't actually chuck them in your set, you know? <laughs> And, and I understand that, you know, you might have a song like Burn on a Wire that I did with Jimmy Barnes, and a lot of people say, yeah, I really hope you play it because I tell you what, people are going to be chasing you down, you know, <laughs> and making sure they get the songs they want. And I'm happy to do that. Um, it's very hard to, to get all the songs into a set, but, you know, I try. I think you've got a lot of hits to work with, though. 
I think whatever happens, your your fans will be pleased. Yeah, well, with with the book, we're going to make sure we do a brand new set of songs um, to companion the book as well. They don't oh. have to buy them. They don't have to buy them together. They'll be separate entities and stuff. But <laughs> I just, my, my wife was um, saying, you know, why are you releasing an album with the book? I said, well, there's some stories that I haven't released that I've already written that have never even gone out um, for sale that really are associated with the actual book. So I'm going to make sure I, I do it as, as true as I can musically as well. So it's a real complimentary thing that goes along with the actual book. So when people are reading, I'm hoping they, I might mention one of the titles of the songs, they might skip across the CD and have a listen and they might get another point of view on why that story's in there, you know? Yeah. You That's, just don't stop. Yeah, it's a big, going to be a big year for you. Around well, the fishing, got, of course. I've, I've got time, you know, and I think that um, in ducking my head a little bit too is always good to give people a break from what you do. I don't want to keep throwing myself yep. out there, you know, on tour. I want to be able to take the time to write it, so I'll be ducking my head a little bit. People won't see much of me while I'm busy doing this. It sounds good that you'll be writing songs out on the river. Oh, yeah. The inspirations come anywhere. As long as I've got a phone or something to, uh, to record a few of the ideas and not, not get lost in the dark. Um, it'll be great fun. Well, definitely looking forward, yeah. forward to it, Troy. Well, thank you. Okay. Uh, well, I think we're done for today. Thank you very much for joining well, I, us. I appreciate your help. Thank you to Sovereign um, for their support. Um, all I can say is I hope that we get somewhere close to you in the in the next few years to be able to come in and do it live one day. That would yeah. be great. We would really, really <laughs> like that. Right. And please tell your dad not to be uh, disappointed in anything I've done in my, in my yeah. past life, please. Yeah, he did kind of a fangirl a little bit when I was telling him about it. Ah, uh, that's lovely. Today. Well, I appreciate it. And like I say, we've, we've been around for a long time, so I just appreciate the people who do, do love what we do. So thanks for your time, Ray and Don. I just want to say, um, you know, we'll be out there still doing it in a few years if um, if time allows. Okay, thank you very much. No worries. Have a good day. You too. See ya. Bye. You're listening to the Sovereign SoundCloud. This was first broadcast on 2XXFM in Canberra, 98.3.